Okay, welcome back everyone to another week of Ramban Ala Parsha. Um, today, sadly, again, we'll learn Le'ilu Nishmas, Zechariah Pesach Ben Aaron Miriam, Zechariah Heber, a Talmud of our yeshiva who was killed last night in Gaza. Yehizich Robaruch. And may we stop learning Le'ilu Nishmas people. Okay, um, I'd like to do four Rambans today. Two short, interesting ones and two fundamental ones. And hopefully we'll have time for all of it. In the Maka of Choshech, the Torah says as follows: Lo ra'u isha sachiv v'lo kamu ishmi tachtov shloshes shamim ulechol bnei Yisrael haya or b'mosh v'sam. Right, Egyptians couldn't move at some point, and bnei Yisrael had light, and all was good. And the fundamental question, which is not just here, it's a fundamental question wherever it comes up, is: What is darkness? Is it the absence of light? Or is it something more? Is there something in the world called darkness? So the Ramban addresses it here. And the Ramban says, Ki lo ha'ampasuk, parak yud, pasuk chav gimel. Says the Ramban, Ki lo ha'ya ha'choshech hazeh afisat or ha'shemesh, shebashim sham v'ayakmo laila. This darkness, he said, is not the absence of light, which the Ramban implies is what night is. Aval haya choshech afela, kilomar id av maod sheyarad min hashamayim. It's something, it's like a thing called darkness that came down from shamayim and that blotted out all the light. Why? Ki alkein aman ited yadchal hashamayim. The Ramban's first proof is, why would Moshe have to stretch out his staff or his arm to heavens? What does that have to do with darkness? So no, he says, no, you had to do it. Lahorid misham chashecha gidola no felat alehem. To bring down from heaven some entity called darkness, which would descend on them. Vaita mechabe kolner, kaashe bechola chafirota amukotu bechola mekomota choshecha atzum, lo yitkayem haner. Says Raman, this darkness extinguished candles. Like he said, if you go into caves or you try to go into mountain passes and very dark places, it extinguishes the light. I think we understand that the lack of oxygen extinguishes a candle there. But that's what you experience. And, you know, literally, if you remember winters or if you went to Yeshivat Haaretzion, you lived in Alon Shvot, in the winter, right, when the fog comes, if you're driving a car, it blocks out your light. It's not just sort of darkness. It's something heavy that descends. If you pass through mountain passes, right? Candles don't work. That's why they couldn't see each other, and that's why they couldn't move. The first thing is they would use candles. They couldn't use candles. The Makkah of Choshech extinguished all light. Right, the Ramban goes on to say also that's probably why they couldn't move. Right, the the entity of darkness that descended upon them was so heavy at some point that it it forced people to stay in their place. If they were standing, they had to stand. If they were sitting, they had to sit. They couldn't move because this entity called darkness, not the absence of light, but a thing called darkness descended upon them, blotted out all light, and stopped them from moving. If you go back to the beginning of the Torah, where the Torah says, you know, Vayavdel right? Originally, Or and Choshech 
both served God at the same time. Now, to us, that's impossible. Because or and choshech are opposites, right? If it's choshech, it's not or. If it's or, it's not choshech. But the sense you get from the Ramban here is that, no, that choshech wasn't an absence of light. That choshech was an entity. And it could be, though it's hard to imagine, here it's light and here it's darkness. And one has nothing to do with the other. The light doesn't affect the darkness because the darkness is not just an absence of light. The darkness is a thing in and of itself. Okay, that's the first interesting idea in the Ramban. Another small but interesting idea is right there in the Parsha. And here, the Ramban, I think, is giving us a sense for the humanity of Moshe Rabbeinu and sort of the personal relationship and, and the personal machlokas that he had with Paro. Right after Choshech, Moshe's in front of Paro, Vayikra Paro el Moshe, and he lies to him, okay, you can all go. And then Moshe says, no, he, you can all go except for, and Moshe says, Vayoma Moshe, no, Gam Not only are we taking everything with us, you, Paro, are going to give us animals to sacrifice Takarish Baruch Now the Ramban is bothered by the obvious question, which is, this seems to never have happened. Moshe says to, pa- to Paro, no, no, not only are we going to leave with every single thing that we brought with us and more, you're going to give us Zvachim Va'olot. But why did it never happen? Says the Ramban, Lo Amar Moshe Davor Ze Almanat Lehayasot. Moshe said it, but he didn't mean it was going to happen. Velo Asakin Klalan never happened. Avalheim Divrei Chizuk. The sense you get, the sense I get, is that this is the first recorded case in history of what people in sports call, maybe in politics also, call trash talking. Right? Moshe was so upset with Paro, and Paro got under his skin, you know, telling him what he could and what he couldn't do, that Moshe kind of, I, I wouldn't want to say that it's, it's an example of temper. I don't think it's fair to say that Moshe Rabbeinu had a temper. He's the greatest person who ever lived. But Moshe Rabbeinu was, was angry at Paro. And Moshe Rabbeinu expressed it by saying, not only are we going to leave, and not only are we taking everything with us, which, by the way, I, I think makes clear that Paro understood it wasn't three days, right? It, for a different time and different conversations, why did Moshe Rabbeinu, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell Moshe to ask for only a three-day pass for Klal Yisrael? But in the, in the exchange here in the Parsha, if you had any doubt, Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, we're leaving and we're never coming back, okay? But in his frustration over Paro's lies, in his frustration over Paro's rejection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the fact that he keeps changing his mind, Moshe says, not only are we going, you're going to give us, you're going you're to give us Karbonot. It never happened, but it's Moshe telling Paro, you know, we've won completely, you know, we're the, we're the side of the right, you're the side of the wrong. And the Ramban continues. Ube'emet, ki ka'asher amar lohem uveirachtem gamoti. Rahman says, in the end, of course, Paro would have done anything that Moshe told him. When he sends him off and he begs him to leave and he begs him for the Egyptian lives at Makas Bechos, of course, he would have given him Karbonot, but Moshe didn't ask for it. Why would Moshe Rabbeinu want to bring Karbonot for Paro? Paro's evil. He doesn't want Paro to get to do tshuva. Ki Hashem God wants to punish Paro. Lo lechaper alav. Rak lehaanisho 
He wants to destroy Paro, right? That's the whole point of hardening Paro's heart for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to destroy him and to make an example of him. So says the Ramban again, Moshe makes the point to Paro, even though he doesn't intend to do it, that Paro, if he asked for him, would give him Karbanot. That I think of as like a type of trash talking, just, you know, making the point that I've won and you've lost. But Lamai say he never did it because he didn't want Paro to do tshuva and he didn't want Paro to get kapara. Okay, those are the two short Rambans. Now two slightly, they're seen as more significant and they're longer and we'll do our best. The Pasuk says, Vayomer Hashem el Moshe ve'alaron ve'aretz Yisraelim le'mor, ha'chodesh hazel lachem rosh chadashim, rishon hu lachem l'chadshe hashana. And everybody knows, you know, this is the first mitzvah given to Klal Yisrael, the first Rashi in the Torah, why doesn't the Torah start from HaChodesh Zelachem? It's understood that this is the first mitzvah. And the question is, what is the mitzvah? What exactly is the mitzvah of HaChodesh Zelachem Rosh Chadashim? So says the Ramban, Parak Yud Bet, Pasuk Bet, uh, maybe, you know, a quarter of the way into the Ramban. V'ta'am HaChodesh Zelachem Rosh Chadashim she'yimnu oto Yisrael Chodesh HaRishon. Says the Ramban, the mitzvah is not Kiddush HaChodesh. The mitzvah is that Nisan is the first month and we should count and we should keep our calendars from Nisan. The mitzvah is Nisan is first and Adar is last. That's how we're supposed to count months. Why? Because this will help us, this will help remind us, along with a lot of other mitzvos, of the first great miracle of Yitzias Mitzrayim. Because anytime we give a date to someone and we say, you know, this is, this is the third month, so you go, okay, the third month, Nisan Eir Sivan. This must be Sivan because we can't from Yitzias Mitzrayim. As a result, the Torah never ever says Nisan or Iyar or Sivan or Shvat or Adar. The Torah just says 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There are no names. Those, those are the types of psukim we see in, in the Torah. right? The name of the month, I don't know. The number of the month, I do know. Because I count from Yitzias Mitzrayim. Or, right? All months in the Torah are given by number. Says the Raman, the same exact thing in the Torah with respect to days of the week. There the first day to Shabbos, the second day to Shabbos, the third day to Shabbos, Hayom Yom Rivi'i B'Shabbat, right? It's Wednesday. It doesn't mean it's Wednesday. It means it's the fourth day of the week, knowing that the seventh day of the week is Shabbos. As the Ramban will explain, you know, more fully in other places, but the Ramban, as an aside, thinks there's a mitzvah of Zechiras Yom HaShabbos seven days a week, not just putting aside something nice that you found, as as Rashi quotes, but no, 
When I say this morning, Hayom Yom Rivi'i, Hayom Yom Chamishi B'Shabbat, that's the mitzvah saseh minat Torah of Zohar Yom HaShabbat Likad Show. The mitzvah is not limited to doing it on Shabbos itself. Obviously, there's a mitzvah of Kiddush on Shabbos itself, but every day of the week, just like every month, is the kim of the mitzvah of Achodesh HaZelochem Rosh Chodoshim. She'ein ham now, very important, says the Ramban. She'ein haminyan hazel lishana. The mitzvah of Achodesh HaZelochem and the mitzvah of making Nisan the first month of the year does not correspond to history in the sense that the world wasn't really created in Nisan. The Ramban Paskins, like we do, that betishrei ha'olam nivra, sharei tchilat shnotenu mitishrei, right? When we daven on Rosh Hashanah, hayom harat olam, zeh hayom tchilat ma'asecha zikaron liyom rishon. That's true, that's the fact. Of course the world was created in Tishrei. Dichsiv v'chag asiv tukrat hashana, uktiv b'tzeit hashana, that's the real year. Imkein kishenikra lechodesh nisan rishon. So why do we call Nisan Rishon? Pitrono. Rishon Ligeula Ushvi'i Eleha. It's the first month to our redemption. Or said more deeply, it's the first month to Klal Yisrael. It's the first month that Am Yisrael, the nation of Israel, B'nai Yisrael existed. That's when God made us, and that's our history. So the history of the world starts with Tishrei. And starts with the creation of the world well before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, right? Thousands of years before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The mitzvah of Achodesh says, there's a history of the world, but then there's your history. And we are required in our history to count months from Nisan because that's when we, came, we, be, we became a nation. Okay, v'zetam rishonu lachem, sheinenu rishon bashana, aval hu rishon lachem. Okay? World history starts with Tishrei. Jewish history starts with Nisan. All great, all makes sense. What's the problem? The problem is we don't seem to do this. Right? We don't say that it's the whatever month it is now, the ninth month, right? The 11th month. We say that it's Shvat. Where'd that come from? So says the Ramban, Now it's a new thing. It had to do with our Geula from Bavel. Right? Obviously, originally the names had, the months had no names. Originally, we kept our history from Mitzrayim. The second Geula will dwarf the first Geula on some level. It's true. We, we changed things a little bit. In order to remember the, the Geula from Bavel, so we stopped saying Chodesh HaRishon, and we, start, we started saying Nisan. Nisan is a Babylonian word. And therefore, says the Raman, you only see at the end of Tanakh, after the Geula from Bavel, for example, in the Megillah, right? You know, he pilpuhu goral in what month? Um, Bachodesh HaRishon u Chodesh Nisan, 
Hipil Pur, right? Months in, in the Megillah are written by often by the number, but also by the date, because the date reminds us of our Geula from Bavel. So in the end, says the Ramban, all the things we know are true, right? The mitzvah is to count from Geulas Mitzrayim. That's why the first month of our year is Nisan. The first month of the real year is Tishrei. But we are supposed to remind ourselves of the Geula from Mitzrayim. Therefore, our first month is Nisan. How'd they get names? Ooh, that's the second Geula. To remind us of the Geula from Bavel, it's not just that Nisan is the first month. It's that Nisan is called Nisan, a Babylonian name, and the same for all the other months. As an aside, Rav Meidan is well known. He keeps not just the months, but the years from Mitzrayim. Right, Rav Meidan, if you ask him the year, he'll tell you it's the year 3,366, 36, from Geulas Mitzrayim. And he once told me he writes the same thing on his checks, right? When he puts the numbers in, the first is the day of the month. The second is the, the number of the month starting from Nisan. And he says in Israel, they accept this. I suppose it's because people don't look carefully at checks. Maybe there are from clerks in, in Israel. But that's a mitzvah same in a Torah. And I think we should think about when we use dates and when we write down the dates, that it's not the real date. It's not the date that Jews are supposed to keep, you know, and everybody could come up with their own solution to that. Okay. Which brings us to the last Ramban that I want to do today. And this is a, you know, it's, it, it's certainly a top 10 Ramban. It's very, very famous. The end of the Parsha, it's Perak Yud Gimel, uh, the Parsha of Tefillin. So the Torah says, and then you have to wear Tefillin, etc., etc. That's the very last Parsha in Parshat Bo. Two little points. The first thing is the Ramban in the middle. So it's a very long Ramban. The Ramban says, Shoresh ha mitzvah hazot, the reason, the rationale for this mitzvah, shenaniach ktav yitziat mitzrayim al hayad va'al harosh keneged halev v'hamoach shehem mishkinot ha Says the Ramban, why do we wear tefillin? Because tefillin tells us about yitzias mitzrayim. And we wear it next to our heart and on our brains. Those are the seats of intelligence. That's what matters to us. Right? Obviously, there are four parshiot in our tefillin. Kadesh, Vayaki, Viacha, and then two parshiot from Shema. So he says, we do those mipneha mitzvah zot shenitztavinu bahem lasot yitziat mitzrayim totafot beineinenu. That's what the Torah requires us, to make them into boxes on our heads and on our arms. Ube parshat Shema, Vayayim Shamoa, shenitztavinu shenaseha mitzvah gamkein totafot. Those also have to go into the boxes. Okay, arm and head. The foundations of Judaism are found in these four parashiyot. Says the Ramban, Yichud Hashem, the uniqueness, we would say incorrectly, the oneness of God is found here. And so is Schar Onesh and our free will and things like that. 
So says the Ramban, first of all, so many mitzvahs are related to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim because of its centrality in our Judaism. And the mitzvah of tefillin is exactly like that. We're supposed to write the story of, of tefillin. We're supposed to write the story of Yichud Hashem somehow so that by osmosis, it attaches to our intelligence. It becomes what we believe in. It becomes a foundation for our religion. Okay, there's more to be said on that. Okay, now let's go to the very last point in the Ramban. And this is extremely famous. The Ramban says to believe in God, to believe in our God, requires three basic ideas. As a result, to be a kofar, you have to re- you can reject you know any one of the three or all of the three. And says the Ramban, "Vihine teyot avodat gilulim ba'olambi me'enosh." When avodazar was first introduced into the world in the days of Enosh, hechelu hadayot lihishtabesh be'emuna. People started getting confused in ideas of belief. Some reject God completely and say the world pre-existed. There's no God. There are those who claim, okay, God created the world, but God's responsible for the whole world. He doesn't know about me individually. He doesn't know about you individually. That's beyond him. There are those who acknowledge, no, God created the world and he knows about me and he knows about you. But they reject the idea that God can intervene in the world. We're basically like fish. God doesn't intervene into the life of fish. God created the world, it's true, and he follows it like a sporting event, but he's not involved in it. Says the Ramban, however, whenever God makes a miracle, when he has a people, for example, like the Jewish people, who he favors, and he does something to benefit them, it disproves all the three elements of the kfira. Why? Because when God makes a miracle, first of all, he changes the rules of nature. The only person who could change the rules of nature is the person or the entity or the being that created nature. Then it's obvious that he knows what's going on in the world, that he follows each of us individually. And three, that he intervenes in the world. A miracle disproves all three elements of kfira that the Ramban is worried about. Okay? So, um, uh, now, on top of that, he says, um, the, now, a miracle, when the miracle is not just a miracle, but it was predicted in advance by a prophet, Says the Ramban, a miracle disproves each of the three elements of Kfira. On top of that, when a miracle was predicted by a prophet, it proves that God communicates with human beings which is a critical element for us as well. And then God's existence 
and all the key elements of what God does are now proven by the miracle. Right? He didn't leave the world to function on his own. He didn't create nature and then leave. One, God created the world. Two, he's, he, he knows he has and he rejects it all and he disproves it all by way of a miracle. So very quickly, three elements. God created the world. Two, God knows what happens in the world to each of us individually and as a group. And three, when he chooses to, he intervenes in the world. On top of that, when a prophet predicts this in advance, he also communicates with human beings that proves the existence of the world, says the Ramban. Therefore, we have to commemorate such an event. When we have an event like Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, it has to be commemorated with, with all kinds of mitzvos because it's a proof that God created the world, right? We have this idea. We have Zeichel Lemaaseh Breshis that exists for Shabbos, and we have Zeichel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Zeichel Lemaaseh Breshis is a complete belief mitzvah. Nobody saw Briyas Olam. We believe it, but we don't know it as a fact. But says the Ramban, when God took us out of Egypt, hundreds of thousands, millions of people observed it and know it as a fact. Now, it's true. I don't have a direct recollection from my great-great-great-grandfather who left Mitzrayim. But I believe from my parents, from my grandparents, from my great-grandparents, etc., that people experienced it, that it happened. And therefore, I believe in God. I'm skipping a little bit because we're going to run out of time. Ulufikach. They're all beautiful. However, you don't know which mitzvah is the most important. All the mitzvahs remind us of the existence of God, and therefore it's hard to pick which is more important, which is less important. Right? Every mitzvah has the same kavana, that we're grateful to God for having created the world and for having created us. Vihi kavanat ha This is the whole purpose of creation. This is the, the widely quoted part of the Ramban. She'ein lanu harishona. If this isn't the reason to acknowledge God, we don't know why God created the world. Ve'ein Says the Ramban, the only purpose of creation is for the created to acknowledge the creator. Otherwise, there's no purpose for God to create the world. What does that mean? So I'll tell you what I've heard from Rav Bick, what I've heard from Rav Lichtenstein, what I've read in the name of the Rav, which is on some level, and this is many, many places in the Ramban, God needs us. What does it mean that God has a need? Of course he doesn't. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God doesn't need anything. But God limited himself when he created the world. He limited himself in that when the Gemara says, um, I would have thought the opposite. God, doesn't need, God could prove his existence whenever he wants. 
Why is everything under the control of heaven except for fear of heaven? The answer is, that's how God made the world. Says the Rahman, God doesn't make miracles for every Russia to disprove him. God made a gigantic miracle, and now it's for us to keep his existence in the world known to everyone. It's for us to sort of act as PR agents of God and to promote him in the world. That's the purpose of creation. And that's our responsibility. And therefore, we have the mitzvahs. And then the Ramban adds a very famous thing. He says, miracles, we'll read it inside, sorry. Umin hanisim hagidolim hamefursamim, adam modeh binisim hanistarim, shem yisoda tarakula. It may look like we live in a world without miracles, but says the Ramban, we don't. We live in a world with hidden miracles, and they're all around us. You have no part of Judaism. I'll try to explain. I'm not 100% sure that I understand this fully. But says the Ramban, everything in the world is a miracle. onish is a miracle. There's nothing in nature that says, if I do kibbut avaim, I'm going to live a long life. There's nothing in nature that says, if I stop keeping Shemitah, the land of Israel is going to kick me out. There's nothing in nature that says, if I keep the Torah, it's going to rain. And if I don't, there's going to be a drought. Says the Ramban, those are gzeros of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Those are not part of nature. Those are miracles. But we believe in them deeply. And they operate in the world around us. And says the Ramban, it's our responsibility to publicize those. I don't think the Ramban really means there's no such thing as nature. I think the Ramban knew that if I let go of this pen, it's going to fall, right? But the Ramban knew also that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could overrule the rules of nature. He did it openly in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim 3,336 years ago. And he does it every single day in our life. Okay, there's much, much more to say about this Ramban. We've run, we've run out of time. Have a great week. And the Shabbat Shalom. And I'll see you next week.